0: Hey, everybody. Just real quick before the show started, uh, this is Steve, and I just wanted to let you know, for all the latest information on our podcast, hit us up on Twitter at EILFmovies. That's everything I learned from movies. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for incredible art or maybe gifts for an upcoming uh, birthday or Father's Day, Mother's Day, anything like that, Christmas, uh, you can check out Izzy's art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find us on all the uh, podcatchers like Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, Podcast Addict. Uh, Basically, Google us, you'll find us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, on with the show. Everything I learned from movies, a bit with the of movies It's time to get busy with your friend Stephen Christopher Coppola grew up as a part of the famous Coppola family of filmmakers with his uncle Francis directing some of the greatest films of all time such as the Godfather trilogy and his brother Nicholas Cage being possibly the world's greatest actor. However, he has made a name for himself directing such controversial films as Deadfall and G-Men from Hell, and starring in a few others. And he has followed in his father August's footsteps as he is now the Associate Professor of Film at the San Francisco Art Institute, and teaching the next generation of filmmakers. Mr. Coppola was kind enough to join us on Everything I Learned from Movies. Hello? Hello, is this Mr. Coppola? Yeah, yeah yeah uh one moment let me uh this on speaker and everything all right is this uh can you still hear me
1: yeah i'm up in the woods so i just want to make sure you can hear me all right
0: oh we we kind of are too we're in the uh our house is kind of in the mountains so uh it it should work out though (laughs) okay excellent well i guess uh first and foremost thank you for joining us uh we really appreciate it uh huge, huge fan and to to be talking to you it's it's amazing and I can't believe uh you've been in san francisco uh at the uh is a san francisco institute of art it's the san francisco
1: art institute it's uh, it's kind of like a california landmark that's been here since 1871 so that would make it the uh, oldest art school western mississippi but um Actually, if that school didn't exist, we wouldn't have filmmaking today because that's where uh, Edward Boybridge went, who did the whole thing with the horses to prove that when the horse gallops, you know, all four hooves are off the ground. So that was like the first uh, photography zoetrope, you know, the little thing that you spin around, and uh, he went to that school, and so that you know, um, that whole concept led into uh, you know motion pictures.
0: Oh wow. Well, yeah, that, that's that's incredible. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess uh, just to start off, uh, if you wouldn't mind just letting us know, like uh, you know, where you grew up, and obviously you're a part of a very famous Hollywood family of the Coppolas. Um, yeah. But yeah, just give us a little, uh, little little background to to yourself.
1: Well, well, yeah. Um, so I'd like to say I'm one of the Southern Coppolas um, <laughs> that we grew up in Long Beach, California. Uh, you know, which is just uh, a little south and uh, west of Los Angeles. Our father, uh, Doctor August Coppola, was a you know, really important professor at Long Beach State University, and then he became the uh, dean of uh, Creative Arts at San Francisco State. Uh, but we grew up there uh, with our father who, you know, actually was like our teacher. Uh, When I say our teacher, I mean my brother Mark and my brother Nicholas, who is the younger brother, so I'm the middle uh, son. But, um, you know, he exposed us to, uh, you know, great art. You know, we we had to, you know, look at great movies like Fellini and Bergman and talk with them about it. We listened to, uh, you know, um, all the great classics, uh, Stravinsky, Beethoven, Mozart, and... uh, Yeah, so I, I, it's kind of like uh, you know we were, you know, our father was uh, was like our professor too, and we had to work really hard for him, and showed a strong appreciation for the arts. Um, and uh, you know, he, Francis is the younger brother of our father, so uh, my uncle. And if you look at uh, you know his film Rumblefish Fish, he dedicates it to uh, my father, saying my first and wisest teacher. So we were lucky to to have a father like him. Um, and so I think, uh, that's partly why we really, really focused, um, on, you know, film and acting and music. I will say, you know, it was a you know, difficult, difficult childhood because we had a very ill mother and, uh, often, you know, their father was a predator. We were often, you know, left alone, um, particularly myself and, and Nicholas. So in order to kind of make life a little less, uh, you know mother, we would do make little movies, great films, and Nicholas would star him, and, and I would direct them and you know, we would do puppet shows and you know great dances for the kids and, all that. and that also you know had a lot to do with uh why we you know kind of kept going uh, in in the arts. I also would say when I mentioned that we were southern coppolis the 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 northern Coa a uh, You know, Francis moved to San Francisco, uh, a huge success from The Godfathers. And, you know, I noticed my name being nothing and changing from that movie, and everybody kind of, you know, wondering if we were related and, you know, the typical, like, I don't like to use the expression, but kissing ass a little bit. And we weren't used to that because we were living in suburbia. And I know that that kind of, Kind of pissed off uh, Nicholas a lot, and uh, so he made it not only loving and art, but a mission to become a huge, huge success to kind of compete with the, the Northern Coplas. I, I pretty much retreated myself in education and art, music. Uh, I went to you know music school and art school, and. Uh, um, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much. I left uh, high school early and went to college uh, at sixteen to study with a, a great uh, teacher named Doctor Barney Childs. who was a Rhodes Scholar. And he was a, a great poet and a, a you know a, a great uh, composition teacher. And then from there, I went to the San Francisco Art Institute in the eighties and studied. Uh, I don't like using labels, but experimental film. I was uh, really interested in the concept of being able to see music and hear films, I was experimenting and it was based on these experimental art films uh, that my brother's agent um, saw them and felt I should try out Hollywood. And I wasn't really into it, I was kind of more of a bohemian, but I really wanted to make long form film because I love opera and to me long form films is essentially kind of today's opera. And uh, it's too expensive. So the only way you can do it is to, to you know, serve your time in Hollywood. So that's kind of my story at Long Beach. Um, I actually just went down there to visit an old friend uh, who I went to school with in first grade, and he's still there. And he had to get talking about those days. His mm-hmm. name is Bruce Palmer. I actually was such an old friend that I made two movies called Palmer's Picked Up, one was, one was a teacher. And uh, that character was played by uh, Robert Carradine in my future. And uh, so I have fond memories
0: of Long Beach, suburbia, Frenchie. Nice. And you mentioned uh, Fellini and Bergman being uh, huge influences. Yeah, Uh, yeah, they were. They were Kurosawa, Bergman, Fellini. I mean, I'll
1: say that my dad was really, really convinced of that. And I love those films. But, you know like the monkeys, you know, we, you know, we like uh, you know, spaghetti westerns and, and uh, superhero type stuff. And, nice. You know, so we kind of balance it out with our own, we like to say Hot Wheels kind of movies, B-movies, like evil Knievel, you know, with uh, <laughs> I think that's Keith Carradine. Yeah. Um, the whole deal with him, like, feeling his bike chain and, you know, the cool wind in your air before jumping the jump. Yeah, those kind of were our things that kind of uh Godzilla movies. So we had a we had a mixture of like the great art films and also you know, I would say like the B and C movies. Obviously, you know, I I drawn draw a lot from that in my own work. Uh, I like I like those movies too and I've grown to not like pretension and there's a lot of pretension in, in art movies. But I, I love art movies and I teach it and, but I also, you know, my students attack of the giant leeches i think that's also very important
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it seems like you you really have a like you like to push the envelope and try new things and stuff not just the the same old hat
1: yeah yeah. and and you know i didn't like hollywood i wouldn't i'm kind of a bad boy and for some reason i still am considered a bad boy so at one point uh after my you know fiasco deadfall uh which there's reasons why it was this, which you probably hear on the podcast that I did for uh when uh, Arsenal came out I did a podcast about Arsenal and how we brought Eddie back to that movie yeah. but uh I didn't like working uh with the studios and so I started my own company and figured out how to raise my own money to kind of make my own movies and, and uh I went that direction, but my my bread and butter, which I really did enjoy, was television. And uh, I was a top director for a while for America's Most Wanted episodes. and did a lot of children's television for Nickelodeon, Disney, which I really liked. Uh, I, I like you know doing things for young young kids, and um, I do a lot of underserved. Uh, I work for underserved kids, and with my nonprofit uh, Hands On Digital Film Festival, where I. Teach kids how to make movies and be articulate, and then they feel excited like they're directors themselves. And that probably is the thing that I'm most rewarded by. Is when some kid in Belize comes up to me and says, "Oh, Mr. Coppola, I didn't know I was a director." I'm like, "Yeah, of course you are," and that, that means I did something worthwhile.
0: Very nice. Yeah. And you've been doing that like 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 for 30 years or so, or something no, more no, recent, I or. The film. 2006,
1: it's called PAW, which uh, stands for Project Accessible Hollywood, that everybody has, you know, the ability to, you know, they're they're a celebrity inside themselves, so to speak, and, uh, and, and, because people, you know, are drawn, obviously, to celebrity, and, and uh, they're drawn, uh, I mean, I, you know, obviously, being part of a famous, you know, family, a dynasty, you know, considerable. The probably greatest dynasty now with all the Academy Awards and stuff. It's you know at first it kind of bugs me when I'm when I'm you know having to deal with that, but at the same time I I understand and you know um, and uh, I get it. It makes people happy, so you know that's why I like to say I'm I'm the accessible copla. Excellent.
0: Well, yeah. Well, thank you for being so accessible. First off. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I mean I I you know I, I think it's important i like to get my word out you know i know people want to talk about you know the famous people in my family which is totally understandable but but at the same time i do it to, to kind of get my word out and to uh you know get people to think about their own uh, ability i mean uh human beings are creative beings we are storytellers and uh, sometimes we, we lose that we we're out of touch with that. But the more we get in touch with that, our own kind of storytellers I excitement, the, the better um, better off we all are. So that's partly why I, I accept uh, you know you know certain podcasts and things like that. And I wouldn't I mean I look at it if I don't like it I wouldn't do it. But you, you're doing a good job, and, and you know I like what you're doing. So that's why I said yeah.
0: I think well. That's exactly why we do it. Is because we know like everybody has a story, and you know they're always so much more interesting than you know you read like an article online or something like that. But just to hear them tell the story, and uh, it's it's always just great. And that's why we really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. So you mentioned Deadfall. Um, That is kind of probably the movie you're most famous for. Was there? Yeah, you know that's uh, unfortunate. (laughs) <laughs> but uh
1: obviously uh I mean it, it you know Rotten tomatoes didn't exist yet, but now it's, you know it's you know I look at Ron Tomatoes and it's got a zero, which I think is pretty exciting maybe in some ways, but uh, yeah, I mean, that film shouldn't have been what it was, it came out uh based on all kinds of political and hardships. And I'm, I'm tired of talking about that, but yeah, uh, oh, okay. you know, it was basically my second film. I, I did a film called Dracula's Widow for Dino Laurentis, right out of uh, my school. I learned a lot from that. I actually, yeah, I looked at that recently projected outside with some students. And I actually liked the film. I really never liked that film myself. Um, you know, my brother actually kind of wanted to do his own thing. And uh, that was difficult for me, but then I thought, well, hell, you know, I, I can't make them not do it. I might as well just go all the way. And because of that, I had that song written by a, a punk rock band called Snot, and they have a song called Deadfall. So I like like to say, uh, you know, some couple of us have Academy Awards and nominations, and I have Snot, and I should be very, very happy. I mean, you know, to have Snot.
0: So, so, yeah i was wondering how because you said you know you made like the the home movies and stuff like that with nick i don't know if that was yeah, like I mean, a natural our, thing or... our home
1: movies uh, they weren't really home movies i mean in the sense that, you know
0: we were shooting we edited we did music but we the yeah you know if
1: you really think about what they were about they were pretty much very sophisticated uh, art films and, like one of them which got lost i'm still trying to find it um but it was called the Unknown Circus, and it was about a love triangle. Had a little bit of uh, Brigandune in there, like there was a park in Long Beach called Whaley Park, and uh, with our loneliness, you know, we would try to make magical places in suburbia. And so that park, which is about a couple miles from where we lived, and by the by the university, uh, it always seemed to have a fog, you know, in the morning. So. I said, well, maybe in the fog there's actually like a circus, you know, inside there. So we started with that, and then we did this love triangle thing with a with a sad clown, uh, 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 you know, a He-Man uh, weight uh, bender, kind of like uh, Zampano and Estrada, which we had seen a lot with their father, the Fellaini classic, and, yeah. and a beautiful, um, you know, trapeze, uh, uh, Lady and and uh, tightrope walker, so this is all happening, you know, in the in the fog, and then the clown, uh, you know, kills the the, the the beautiful lady because of the love triangle. And obviously, my brother played the clown, um, and uh, I, we were, you know, like you know nine and eleven when we made that. And I remember being very proud because I you know I shot at it, edited, and directed it, but. Uh, in order to get a tightrope walker, I figured out getting a two by four and putting a big, thick rope at the you know side of it. So when you walked in the two by four, it looked like you were you were doing a tightrope. So I had the shot where you could see the uh, you know the feet on a tightrope and the gun kind of come from in front of the you know underneath the camera up and fire. So you know it was pretty sophisticated stuff that we were doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. And, and so you say you can't find that one, but are there well, other videos out one. there that might become available? Well, well <laughs> I only have one.
1: Yeah, I know one. I only have one clip uh, from a movie that I that I did called Squirrel the Dragon. And uh, you know, all this stuff got lost. I, it was partly because of this family stuff and partly because I think people took it. Um, I know there was somebody in Long Beach that said they had some Super A, but they, you know, I, I don't remember their names, but they wanted money for it. I'm like, oh, oh. You know,
0: so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe
1: I'll find some of my biker friends and find <laughs> you and just take them back. But, uh, uh you know, I, I'm tired of being known as the bean one sometimes. But, um, <laughs> there, uh, there is a clip, uh, from Squirrel the Dragon. And, uh, that was a film that was about a, uh, Roman, uh, you know, great Roman politician, um, who, uh, it could have been emperor, and he, he made a name for himself and, uh, for, by killing a dragon. Uh, his son was really proud of him, but then the son finds out that he really didn't kill the dragon. That was another kind of peasant hero, but he killed the peasant hero to take credit for it. And, and uh, so it was a, a lot of pain in opera. Uh, but my brother plays the son, and then you know he finds his father. He finds the scroll that tells the truth. And, but he still loves his father, you know, and but the father kills himself in front of him. So, so uh-huh. a lot of our stuff was pretty operatic and yeah. painful, but you know, a lot of that had to do with our childhood and, and uh, exercising that in our art.
0: Yeah, it's a very Greek tragedy. It sounds like for a lot oh, of them, total, but, yeah. total
1: Greek tragedy. You know, and, um, uh, there's just a small clip to that, and it showed on uh, the Jay Leno show once. But they, you know, they, of course they're gonna. It, it, right away went into like who's the old guy and you're so young and that was he weird and, you know the guy was my father's closest friend a professor a PhD of history so hmm. I I didn't dig that you know and I, I was sorry that I didn't even allow them to, to screen it yeah. <laughs> it was primarily because it was my brother as a you know, you know a 12 year old
0: yeah, I imagine anybody's, you know, anybody at 12 years old would, would be kind of awkward, I would think, to for a national well, audience. Well, uh, it
1: wasn't, I mean, it's a nice little scene. It's very silent movie opera, but I mean, you know, Hollywood comics would immediately turn it into like, oh, is that old guy a plaster? Like, what's going on? And I'm trying to make a joke out of it. I'm like, screw you. Yeah. That's a great history professor. And, and you yeah, know, I don't appreciate you making a joke out of it. So I, I never give it to people the screen on behalf of my brother anymore Show my students they're impressed because we were so young
0: when we made it yeah nice well yeah nowadays with like the technology and everything almost anybody can kinda you know at least cut things together like with an iPhone and all that but yeah to, oh, yeah, to do it yeah, back yeah. then yeah. it's incredible yeah, but if you don't have a story and you don't respect
1: the creative process, you know, there's nothing there. And uh, yeah. that's what I, I train my, you know, get my students. I like to say, think about it, shoot it, then share it. Don't just, you know, shoot it and share it. You. And, and even if it's a random improvisational thing, you got to be aware and put yourself in the zone. And, you know, that, that comes a lot from my music. Um, but... uh you know, yeah, I'm very happy teaching. I didn't want to teach. until I was in my 50s, because a lot of film teachers are bitter. You know, for not uh, not succeeding. You know, I'm still making movies, and but I love teaching. And um, I like to say I'm the Coppola that educates and entertains. But I'm also doing it to honor my father. You know, who passed away. Who was, you know, be a great professor emeritus, great teacher, but. That people don't know, again, because it's really more about the Academy Awards and stuff. But, you know, I like to teach to, to honor him.
0: Well, that's great, yeah. And it's and I'm sure it's appreciated, like, you know, passing it on to the, the next generation of filmmakers oh, yeah. and, yeah. you know, keeping no, that I, experimentation it, going. TJ made me a, a, you know, a
1: better artist on my own, right? It's a two way street, you know, working with young people and, you know, creating sparks for them and focusing them, but also, you know, kind of hearing their ideas. Freshness of that uh, Helps me as well So You know I love it I mean I'm, I'm Teaching So You know I, I don't know I think it's one of the most Noble things
0: you could do And I'm enjoying it Excellent And, and of course Now you're also uh, Acting in a couple of movies You mentioned uh, you know, Like you mentioned yeah, Arsenal. Yeah Yeah No and I, I, I did a lot of reality shows I had my own company
1: For a while For about 10 years uh, uh, I still have it It does You know Now it's basically you know, doing my own, you know, art. I hate labels, but my own independent films. And but I had it. And I had a successful post house and had offices on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, and um, I did a reality show called Biker Chef, which I passed oh. on the offer. But but you can look online and see some of that. I did a show called Digivangelist which was about you know how to use the new technology to tell stories and and not to be plugged in so our motto was stay in charge you know don't be plugged in but you know use what's out there um so i did a lot of that and my brother always thought i was a, a good actor you know I, I did some you know i did all the shakespeare things you know in high school and, but i didn't go that direction i was really way more into uh music um, but i but I, I enjoy it you know i did, a, I did the with my brother uh, which was very cathartic because he, he, he's, you know, one of the, he's always wanted to kill me being, to, being the two year, years older brother so you know, he got to kill me in, in Arsenal so I think that was therapeutic but, uh, <laughs> but I've been in some other stuff Guitar Man and actually I'm, I'm going to be doing a, a feature myself and shoot it uh, all on a cell phone um, and edit it on a cell phone uh, like the music, uh, play the lead. Uh, I probably have one of my recent grad students uh, directed because uh, I'm a DJ director, so it's difficult. I, mean, I probably could figure it out. I don't want to direct myself. I may not even shoot it, but it's a it's a cathartic piece for me. All I can say is it'll it'll, it'll be called uh, No Love Lost. And uh, my son, Bailey Coppola, who's a terrific actor, Uh, he was recently in Score to Settle. He played uh, uh, the young version of his uncle. Um, He's been in some of my movies and uh, uh, he'll be in it. And maybe my uh, nephew, Weston, Coppola Cage. And this will be a little film I, you know, make when I was a student to shoot over the weekends. Some of my, what I like to call my special forces Uh, Film students will work on it, and uh, you know, it'll be like no completely micro-budget feature film. So I'm kind of looking forward
0: to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd I'd love to see it too. You have to keep us posted so we can, uh, you know, let our let our listeners and stuff know too. I'm sure they'd be really interested.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I might put I I do a lot of occasional posting on Facebook. Uh, My fan pages, Christopher, a couple of. Uh, Facebook I have a friend page too but it's got 5,000 so I can't uh, add people which is ridiculous so I I started my fan page and uh, treat it just like it's my friend page but uh, I'll be putting you know stuff up from that and to encourage people um, you know that they can do it themselves too and and everybody is if you don't have a story though and you don't have that respect for the creative process you know um, I don't Think anybody's going to care? But um, certain things bubble up to the top. That is one of the things I like to tell my students that filmmaking is incredibly difficult, hard work. it's five percent gold, ninety-five percent pure hell. But uh, the gold's worth it. But you got to work your butt off. And if you complain, you know, then you're not going to get work. And um, I mean, uh, I would say like uh, a lot of people who have. And you know, talent is is sort of debatable how you rate it, but like, everybody has a different opinion. But if you have a modicum of talent, but you work your butt off, you're going to get work in Hollywood. If you have a lot of talent, uh, but you won't be willing to lift a finger or work, it's much harder. I mean, you have to be like the superstar, um, you know, in terms of your you know your first shot. But that doesn't happen to. Him. I mean, Tarantino you know, worked his butt off. You know, he studied, and he worked at a video store, and wrote great writer. I mean, so he worked his butt off. And and, uh, most everybody that has made it has had. My brother worked worked his butt off and, you know, still works his butt off uh, preparing for, um, you know, his parts. uh, So that's one thing I teach, too. uh, (laughs) I remember uh, teaching a directing class when I first took the job in 2013. I wanted to make, like, a little mini-studio Uh, where I had a cinematography class, a writing class, a post-class, and I taught the directing class, and we were going to make a a featurette. Uh, Actually, we did, and uh, um, it was incredibly difficult. Uh, I raised some money for it, got the kids like a sailboat, and, you know, for a big sailboat sequence in the San Francisco Bay, fed them, and there was one night... uh, I you know, went out to get food for the students and we only had till midnight to shoot this one location. And when I got back, the students weren't doing anything and just sitting there and we only had an hour left. like, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, we'll they said, well, we're we'll waiting for you, professor. I go, no, 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 you're students and you're directors and you should be working. Uh, whose idea was this to wait for me? And it was the director for this particular scene and the writer. And I said, well, you know, what do you, you know what we have to do now in order to get this done? And I took his script and I ripped it, you know, threw it on the ground. And he, you know, I said, you have to improvise. You only have an hour, get your actors there, tell them what you want to go for it, because otherwise there's no scene in the movie. It just, it's not gonna get shot. And he ran off and cried. And I, I got, in college, I got in trouble for that. I said, you have to coddle students. Ah, I don't coddle anybody, you know, this is ridiculous college students and yeah. uh you know I don't teach that course but later on the, the young man uh, wrote me and thanked me for that So said you know he's in Hollywood now trying to get worried so you were so right it's so hard and I learned my lesson and I really appreciated you know what you taught me in terms of how to get it done even though I only had an hour and that just seemed to out know, you know pretty well uh, sometimes you just have to do that you know yeah. So that's that's part of it. That's how hard it is. And I, you know, I tell them, I'm like, if you think this is hard, this is nothing. <laughs> I don't sleep for three days, you know, when I'm working. And, and uh, I make films in 18 days. I don't sleep and, and uh, work my butt off. Um, that's why I want my students to know if they're going to do it. Uh, that's what it takes.
0: Nice. And, uh, you you mentioned, uh, like your, your current project you're, you're working on, but do you have any other, like, dream projects yeah, you no, really want I to kick know, off the ground? Or?
1: Actually, it was on sabbatical. Uh, I, I, I want to make, uh, three or four more films before I die, and, uh, made 11 features, and, uh, I have three or four that I really want to make, and one of them, uh, is called Eden, and it, it's about, uh, the guy that wrote Nature Boy for Nat. Oh, yeah, uh, I was close friends with Nat King Cole's uh, son. We went to the same school. Barney Childs I mentioned. He he studied poetry. I studied music. We did we did shows together. But uh, this is an interesting story because it was a uh, Eden uh, Abbey was a uh, hippie and beat before there were hippie beatniks uh, beatnecks in nineteen uh you know, forty seven. And he appeared out of nowhere and, and gave the song to Nat King Cole and disappeared. And uh, it was Nat King Cole's biggest hit at the time. And it it made him um, acceptable to white audiences, which made him even bigger. And it's called Nature Boy, which you can hear in Moulin Rouge. The song is still very relevant. Lady Gaga sings
0: it. Oh, yeah, it's a fantastic song.
1: But, uh, yeah. but uh, um, you know, I, I uh, they had to find it. It was living under the Hollywood side eating nuts and berries. And, you know. So uh, Francis, uh, my uncle, really liked this concept, uh, and he was looking for uh, um, docudramas because uh, his company Zotra was looking into that, and uh, he really loves uh, the idea of fiction, but how non-fiction is more interesting than fiction, and there's a blur there. So I've been working on a script called Eden, and... uh, i'm actually working on the fourth draft now and i hope when that's done i'll i'll make that but that is one of my four last films i want to make before i die so eden was one of them at least now I'm, you know working on a script uh there's another one i want to make called biker Macbeth, which is a motorcycle heavy metal you know rock opera you know nice. using Macbeth, uh, which would be really uh fun for me um, and then uh, I want to do a remake of uh, Orson Welles is probably my my biggest hero and uh, nobody knows that film and I, I'd love to do a remake of it so I'm trying to talk to uh, Orson Welles daughter whose name is Christopher by the way he named her Christopher Welles it's pretty funny uh, yeah. he likes the name Might have so a little bit of a head. Last win. one is kind of like my opus you know, one, and so I'll just leave that one quiet. But if I can make those before I die, I'll be happy.
0: Excellent. Well, I, we're we're wishing you the best of luck with that, because I I mean, Biker Macbeth. I mean, just the title <laughs> alone, I'm in. So. <laughs>
1: well, that's gonna be good. That's gonna be a big one. And my producing partner, Alan Silver, who's you know probably the you know. Godfather of film noir and uh, samurai movies and zombie movies and vampire movies. He's called A-L-A-I and Silver. He produced four of my movies, but he thinks that one will be the big success because uh, he can see it. And I'm like, yeah, no, it will be. It would also be incredibly difficult because I'll need 2,000 bikes. He's like, why? And I said, because I'm going to show the battles. You You know, in Shakespeare's Macbeth, which is an incredibly modern play, uh, you know, you don't see the battles or hear about it when they run until you know Duncan what the and Bagwell are doing. And, and this one, you'll see it. You'll see what the you know the Scots on their on their you know cruisers or their Harleys and their Indians going against the English, which will be on you know, crotch rockets and stuff. And you know, it'll be like huge. Uh, and uh, I actually, when I was in New Mexico and I helped start that film incentive there, uh, I met closely with the banditos and uh I, they agreed that they would give me two thousand bikes and so i probably up oh, nice. shooting it in new mexico and he's the real deal
0: oh that sounds awesome oh yeah. i'm excited for it well and, and in our uh our correspondence back and forth you mentioned you're uh good friends with marshall bell who's been on our podcast how uh how did that come about? Did you guys work on a project oh, oh, together? Uh, well, no, his,
1: his wife... Uh, uh,
0: costume uh, designer for yeah, Godfather, yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, the, the, the right. costumer that did all Francis's movies. Uh, yeah. You know, I met, her, uh, met him through her, uh, Melina Canaro, uh, because she was often... I mean, I, you know, I'm very close with the whole family, and I just, you know, still hang out with my, you know, the northern couple of Francis is a good role model in terms of like keeping his family together and uh, you know it's nice to see that Uh, and he you know when we were little uh, we would spend our summers with Francis and my father would go off and write so that would be like during you know Godfather 2 and all those days Um, so we would we would see people, you know, and it's funny because we didn't really know. But you'd have Pacino, Brando, De Niro, you know, all at the house, and you didn't really kind of realize that. Now it's like, whoa. <laughs> you know? But uh, uh, actually, you know, when I, I met them later, I was like, didn't really get intimidated. The, the, the first time I ever got intimidated to ask for somebody's autograph was Dick Van Dyke. Oh, I wow. love that guy. And when I saw him on a PSA airline, I, I just started trembling. You know, like, I couldn't do it. Stick that tight you know. <laughs> so it's funny, it's nice. funny yeah, everybody has their own you know person that, they
0: can't go up to He was monitored. nice uh, do, do you guys still like meet up on the holidays and stuff like the North and South Coppola's or
1: yeah no we get we get together oh. it's not not so frequent anymore everybody's much older um so it's not as frequent but it yeah. was pretty frequent but every once in a while
0: you know we still get together and uh you know, do do things together As one big family It's, it's not frequent though Well and of course uh, The name of our podcast Is Everything I Learned From Movies uh, Do you have any Any uh, I guess Final like Lessons you'd like To pass on To listeners Or anything like You've learned From your Your time in the movie industry Or I guess just well, In life I, in general ready where yeah. you know you gotta work your butt off. But I will say,
1: you know, it's learning the cinema syntax, it's learning to have an eye and one of the things that, you know, I, I teach is that you everybody has a cell phone that, you know, is video enabled and to to make use of that if you really wanna have a way of communicating a story or ideas, uh and to not, you know, to really think about it. And so, like, I like to give a, uh, one, of, one of my assignments is a, a weekly thing where I give a theme, and um, students have to go out with their cell phones and shoot you know, a one, exactly one minute uh, film with no editing or pausing, it's all in camera, um, you know, how they interpret this theme. And so, you know, I, they do this and it helps them um, no, and I, I you know, I, I teach them about, you know, clarity of vision. Like, okay, so we're talking about, you know, desolation and, and poverty and one of the things. And, uh, you know, I teach them, like, look, you know, you, you got it there. I can see it, but you missed an opportunity. And if you weren't aware, And they'll say, like, how? And I say, well, in the distance, you know, there's a dog, a stray dog, trying to knock a trash can over, and you, you panned right away, and you didn't finish it. I didn't see that dog. I know you didn't see that dog, but obviously that's a symbol. That's a mise en scene, where every aspect in front of a camera is symbolic of your your thing. So I teach that. I said, you know, it's missed opportunities, clarity of vision, and then you know the what ifs. You know, what if you did it this way? Well, how would it be different? Like if you shot it all from a pigeon's point of view down low, what would that what would that be? You'd be, you know, you would, you would. Be saying that even though there's poverty and, and desolation, there's always something even lower than that. So you got to take what you have and build on it. But you know, but, but that's that's a what if you did something because what they did it, it worked, except they weren't aware of the dog in the background. So one of the things I, I say, if you're going to be a filmmaker, you got to be completely aware, um, you know, of everything around you. Um, even though you, you have your shot list, you have your story. Yeah, you know, things can happen, and the best things that happen are usually the accidents—the um, the things that just pop up. But all great directors would, would tell you that. You know, it's not—it's not. You know, in the study of film, you you would learn that right off the bat about you know, being aware and you know being prepared for you know anything that could could happen, things that that you don't expect. But you know, that's my advice: is to work work really hard. And to respect, you know, the creative process and take it for granted. And to think about, you know, who you are and your own stories and how you're gonna share that. And uh, the cinema syntax around it, the articulation, you know, that's that's important. And, and I find a lot of non-filmmakers who, you know, just basically have no desire to even be a filmmaker, but realize that that's the, you know, the universal art form right now is film because it connects to the most people and everybody's doing it. But, uh, you know, they they think about it and they're very sincere and heartfelt. And not, you know, one of the things I teach is, like, you know, it's process. Whether you're making a one-minute film Uh, Like the assignment I give you, or a hundred million dollar movie, there's no difference. You know, it's the same process. You respect it. If you treat the one minute film like a stepping stone to the next project, to the next project, you you sell out, you you change. You know, because you're so desperate for the next gig. And it's far better to just you know embrace the process and treat everything uh, you know with respect and and more than likely you'll succeed doing that especially if you're a hard worker uh, Then, uh, than if you feel like a
0: stepping stone that's excellent advice well uh, thank you Mr. Coppola again uh, oh, we yeah. really appreciate you taking time to talk with us um, and yeah definitely we'll uh, obviously I'm already following in all the social medias but yeah keep us posted and we'd love to see like your, your new yeah, projects I mean, when they come in you, know, you
1: know when you have this cut and everything so I could, I'd like to kind of listen to it maybe before it public if that's possible but, oh yeah um uh,
0: uh, okay, yeah i yeah, should have the next couple know, days i can send it to you yeah
1: oh, that would be great just in case there's something in there that i just don't want in there that would be yeah i would appreciate that
0: huh? yeah absolutely absolutely okay
1: all right well, okay. pleasure talking to you and uh <laughs> keep up the good work
0: all right thank you sir i'll, I'll certainly do my best <laughs>
1: okay all
0: right bye-bye bye-bye Well, that was awesome.
1: Oh my god, yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: yeah, it so like for a good someone guy. never introduced me, so I didn't say anything, oh. so I didn't want to confuse him. <laughs> Sorry, beautiful. That's okay. <laughs> it's happened on multiple interviews. Oh.
1: That was amazing.
0: Sorry, beautiful. I was I was nervous. I was. Oh, no I, I, was yeah. talk, I was talking to Hollywood royalty. You were talking <laughs> to Hollywood royalty on a uh, what is it? Uh, unreliable connection. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of it too. I was like, oh shoot, what's my what's what i didn't know how much power was on my phone <laughs> am, I, am i below 60 percent? yeah so it's just gonna shut off at 70 percent again thanks for saving your jinglies for afterwards little buddy yeah thanks pickles <laughs> yeah so that was uh christopher coppola oh my god Ah, yeah uh biker Macbeth yeah. sounds awesome i want to e- see biker Macbeth. <laughs> e- eden sounds awesome i, I yeah. love uh nature boy i mean it's one of the greatest songs ever so yeah oh i'm so yeah. into it yeah wow uh, he sounds just like his brother i kind of did i know it was really weird I, like it, like in the movies he's got like a little more gruff voice and stuff like that so i was like oh oh okay it makes sense they're <laughs> like a year apart or two years apart you say yeah <laughs> family cadence well yeah let us know what you think about that interview um obviously we think it was awesome oh my uh, god thank you so much for all of your time mr coppola that was wonderful yeah it was fantastic of course follow him on uh, he's on facebook twitter and instagram I'm following him all three always interesting How stuff popping up him? on there uh, just look up christopher coppola you'll you'll find it um and he's a he's a professor at san francisco art institute so yeah he's got social media presence <laughs> christopher with a k no just no. kidding <laughs> not only christopher wells <laughs> with a k <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's a c <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ah, so, yeah, until uh, next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, Learned I Learned from Movies. movies. Have good night, everybody. Good
1: everybody. There was a boy, a very strange and chatty boy. They say he wandered very far, very far over land. And see, a little shy and sad of eye, but very wise was he. And then one day. A magic day he passed my way, and while we spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me The greatest thing you ever learned.